Hello and welcome to The Bulletin with UBS on Monocle 24. Today on the programme, we're meeting another of the more recently appointed thought leaders and innovators that UBS supports and celebrates through its Global Visionaries programme. It's the turn of Christoph Gebald, co-founder of Climeworks. Climeworks' mission is to capture and permanently remove carbon dioxide from the air using a technology called direct air capture. Founded by Christoph and his engineering partner Jan Wurzbacher, Climeworks strives to inspire one billion people to act and act now. Why the urgency? Well, the latest reports by the IPCC reconfirms that in addition to drastic emissions reductions, carbon removal solutions need to be deployed and at scale to remove both historic and residual CO2 emissions in order to reach net zero by 2050 and to limit global warming. Climeworks' air-captured carbon dioxide is either returned to the Earth and stored safely and indefinitely, or it's upcycled into climate-friendly products, such as carbon-neutral fuels and materials. It's an absolute pleasure to welcome Christoph to the programme. Well, Christoph, a warm welcome. And let's start, let's start at the beginning. How did the Climeworks story begin? Maybe you can tell us a bit about your, your own personal professional background and how that led you to the first steps on the journey. Personally, I'm engineer by training, educated at ETH Zurich. That's a huge technical university in Switzerland. And I've spent my whole university education in in the field of thermodynamics, so the science around energy. And in that context, I did research. And this research started in the year 2007 in the field of direct air capture. That means capturing CO2 directly out of the air with technology. And that was the start uh, for Climeworks, so actually already 15 years ago. So two years after starting the research, then in the year 2009, we had promising results from the research we did. And we found it so promising that we decided that we want to start a spin-off company out of ETH Zurich, uh, which is what we did then in November 2009. Uh, co-founder Jan, who's also an engineer by training, also from ETH, and I started Climeworks as a spin-off of ETH. Right. Well, tell us a little bit then about that research. That must have been an extraordinary moment when you guys began to realise that not only the research you were doing held so much promise, but actually that there was something in there that was scalable and that could deliver on this quite profound ambition to try and change the direction of travel when it comes to carbon in the air. Maybe tell us a little bit about about that moment. Was it was it one of these eureka moments almost? <laughs> it's interesting. It's it's many moments. It's <laughs> the moments are still there, so it's still exciting. You always think, right? You you have this picture of one day, I don't know, being on your bike and dreaming, and suddenly you you have the idea. And that's the breakthrough, but that's really rarely the case. And it's, it hasn't been the case for us. It's rather many small steps that we have been taken. Like initially, when I started researching on capturing CO2 from the air, there has been no like practical evidence that this could work. So what I did the first year or one and a half years was simply reading. And actually, I was reading a lot from space, like spaceships have the same problem. They accumulate CO2 in the atmosphere of the spaceship over time. And somehow they had have to get rid of the CO2 uh, because that gives the astronauts a headache. 
So I was reading a lot of early day research on, on spaceships, which is quite stereotype, I would say, because many inventions are going back to what has been done in space before. And from that ordered some components and chemicals and, and together with Jan built a first prototype in, in the laboratories. Of course, the first prototype did not work and it also needed uh, several iterations, but eventually we were there and had based on what we were studying and, and bringing together from, from science, we, we had a working prototype and that clearly was a very, very exciting moment. Yeah, and I, at the risk of asking you an impossibly vast question and trying to get you to boil it down for our for our listeners, and they're a smart bunch, but some of them are are probably listening on uh, with layman's ears, if you like, uh, Christoph. Can you sort of boil down what exactly the Climeworks technology does? What these facilities that you now are building and scaling, what actually happens? We draw in atmospheric air, obviously containing CO two, and the CO two in the air sticks to a filter that we have inside boxes. We, we call those boxes CO2 collectors. So imagine we have, we have a rectangular box made of steel and inside we have solid granules and they sort of have a surface like honey <laughs> and the CO2 molecule really likes to stick to the surface selectively and all other decom- components of the air simply pass through it. So it's selectively it selectively attracts CO2. And at some point, those granules, the the surface of those granules is completely filled with CO2 molecule. And at that point, we stop the airflow and heat the inside of of the collector to the boiling point of water, 100 degrees Celsius. And through that, we can release again the CO2 out of the boxes and, and receive it as a pure gas. And then the big question is, What are you doing uh, with this gas that you filtered from the air? And the application we are following is that we are providing it for permanent underground storage. However, this is something not Climeworks is doing, but partners are doing. For example, at the moment, we do have a a facility installed in Iceland where we have a storage partner who is called Carbfix, and they take the CO2 that Climeworks filters from the air and Carbfix uh, permanently stores it in the ground. It's absolutely extraordinary. And I want to ask you one question, because I imagine you probably encounter uh, various sort of wiseacres who say, well, hang on. And actually, to go back to your reading about space, you know, there was the, I think, apocryphal story that whilst NASA spent a million dollars developing a pen that could write in zero gravity, the Russian cosmonauts just took a pencil. I don't know if that's true or not. People might say to you, well, yes, okay, you've got this incredible technology. Why can't we just plant loads of trees? A tree already is a carbon capture technology, but that is not the case, is it? Well, indeed, we have to plant trees, as many as we can, right? And first of all, we should stop cutting trees, uh, very importantly. Nevertheless, the quantities required from climate science to remove carbon from the atmosphere, very concretely, climate science specifies the job to be done at 10 to 15 billion tons of carbon removal every year in 20 so starting 2050 and there's no chance that this quantity can be delivered by natural solutions alone it is maybe half of that that can be delivered by nature and the other half has to be delivered by technology and consequently i always like to say that as of 2022 you should not be allowed to use the word or in climate science or climate tech Uh, you're only allowed to use the word end. Uh, So it really boils down to like stopping 
cutting trees, planting as many trees as we can, and heavy investments in technology to get all pieces together to eventually achieve the 10 to 15 billion tons of carbon removal that are required by climate science to achieve the climate targets. And Christoph, I guess another question that springs to mind, a little bit like that, which many working in electric vehicle mobility, for example, get asked is, okay, I understand that the electric car is cleaner than a traditional uh, engine vehicle, but what's the carbon footprint of the production process of the batteries of the cars? I gather that the carbon footprint, though, of the Climeworks plants is actually, it is very low. Indeed, it's low. And it's a a very beautiful example you're laying out because it helps to understand how carbon removal and carbon reduction are getting together. Battery electric vehicles are an absolutely amazing tool to reduce carbon emissions, around about 90% in comparison to the state of the art, which is internal combustion. Nevertheless, it's not zero, right? And we have to go to zero. So the 10% remaining have to be removed from the air. So in very simple words, um, for the job ahead of us, 90% we can do by reduction. So for example, electric vehicles uh, using solar energy instead of fossil energy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But 10% will be remaining that have to be removed from the atmosphere, either by nature and technology. Now, zooming into the technology piece, of course, life cycle emissions always also play a role. And in the case of, of the Climeworks technology, life cycle emissions are around about 10%, meaning that for one ton of CO2 we're capturing from the air, 0.1 tons are emitted as gray emissions through the materials we're using and the renewable energy we're using. Now, what we're doing is if customers, both private people as well as corporations uh, do work together with us, we are making sure they are receiving net carbon removal, meaning that we're taking 1.1 tons of CO2 out of the air and storing 1.1 tons in the ground, that consequently one net ton of carbon is removed from the atmosphere. It is a beautiful example, indeed. Let me talk to you, Christoph, about another beautiful aspect of this, and that is, again, you've painted a good picture of the scale of the challenge we all face, but the power of collaboration to deliver solutions. And I guess we see collaboration from the beginning of your story, not just working with Jan, of course, with colleagues in ETH and others, but even now being recognised as a global visionary by, by UBS, presumably that's a great thrill, but it also unlocks more connections, uh, more potential to scale your idea. Collaboration must be one of the absolutely fundamental requirements as we all try and tackle uh, the challenge in front of us. Indeed. Action by corporates is the very important starting point to get, I like to call it a spiral of implementation, to get the spiral of implementation going. With Climeworks, we're not only working on a new technology, which is the obvious part. (laughs) We're also working on a completely new market. Like today, the market for carbon removal is not existing. Now, when you're scaling a new market, uh, they always market risks and The most important thing and the most powerful thing to to de-risk the market is corporate action, like corporates committing to carbon removal and publicly making clear that they are standing behind a carbon removal solution. And if that's done by, by very recognized corporates, like, for example, UBS, this will create trust on the investor side. 
Now, what's happening, if you're having this corporate action from, from very recognized partners out there, suddenly investors get the confidence to invest in such a technology and new market solution, and that will help us to scale. So that will help us to build facilities and to go step by step. So the for me, really, the very first important step in order to get this whole industry going is corporate action. Yeah, and we are seeing perhaps, you know, in a in a somewhat uh, staggered fashion, but we are beginning to see that. And it's great that there are some exemplars who are moving faster like, like UBS does. But Christoph, where do you see the most frustrating delays? Where do you see parties who are dragging their feet? And I wonder where you think the biggest changes need to be made. Who needs to be doing more and, and sooner? Is it a question of looking still at other big corporates? Is it specific sectors, maybe industries, or do we need to look at nation states, governments, and those kinds of organizations who maybe struggle because of political expedience to, to take a, a longer term view on some of these problems? Where, where do you see the biggest changes needing to be made? Well, honestly, I'm, the dynamics in the climate, climate change and climate tech environment are very dynamic. Like, for example, in 2021, the numbers of countries legally committing to net zero targets doubled as well as the, the numbers of companies. So it's it's a quite progressive curve with 100% year-on-year growth. And I'm, I'm not complaining that, that this is too slow. Where I currently rather see challenges is that besides climate change, there are a lot of distractions around us, right? Uh, we are, we're just coming out of a pandemic. And very openly, when the pandemic started, uh, I was a bit nervous that the topic of climate change will disappear from the radar. Gladly it did not. And as we all know, this year, uh, we, we have like several crises coming together, very severe and sad geopolitical uh, crisis, uh, supply chain disruptions, uh, energy crisis, inflation. So like, I'm, I'm quite happy, actually, what, what happens inside the, the climate field. And again, it's, it's progressive, what, what I'm seeing. But we are, as humanity, we have, we have so many issues on the table at the moment that there's a high degree of distraction from, from the very crucial topics we have to work on. And this is uh, something that is uh, rather uh, making me a bit pessimistic or, or, or sad at the moment. Yeah, that's understandable given the the nature and the range of those crises, as you as you say, Christoph, that we that we seem to be facing up to at the moment. To that point, then, what about? I'm interested in the way that people who are brilliant entrepreneurs, uh, clever thinkers, innovators like yourself and Jan. How do you look to the future then? You may be a little pessimistic about some of those complexities, but are you optimistic about what Climeworks can achieve? Are you optimistic about the breadth of ambition and innovation that you see being at the at the sort of front line of this particular field? Is there enough each day that you see conversations with colleagues? Uh, you might be attending, you know, a, a sort of... Uh, a big industry event and just hear loads of great fresh ideas. Does it give you enough confidence that we can rise up to the, the challenge in front of us? As mentioned, I've, I've been doing that for 1.5 decades and I'm doing it with the same degree of passion and, and full steam ahead than I did it in the year 2007. And the only reason I'm doing that is because I'm, I'm an optimist by nature. I believe in the power of technology. I believe in the power of change. And I'm very convinced that we will get this climate problem solved. I'm very convinced 
that we can with the little piece like we are not working on a silver bullet right we will not solve all problems with the technology piece we are working on it it requires several things coming together but i'm very confident that with the focus we are having we can deliver on what is required from us and what's required from us is a billion ton carbon removal by 2050 so in 30 years from now what that essentially means is that from the platform that we established in the last 15 years has to keep growing 40 percent year on year from now onwards until 2050. that's a quite demanding growth rate but it's not one that humanity has not shown like the for example solar deployment has been growing 30 to 40 percent year on year for the last two decades uh, so they had data points out there confirming that this can be done and this makes me very confident and very optimistic that we can do that but what we need to do is we all have to focus that we can get this challenge done because it's it's such a it's such a big challenge right getting from currently 50 billion tons of emissions plus to like into the atmosphere to first a net zero and then minus 15 gigatons um, so we really have to get all forces together and focus on it and then i'm i'm very confident that we can uh, master this challenge that's terrific well i'm glad i'm glad you're optimistic uh crystal because you know a great deal more about it than me so that gives me some that gives me some confidence as well um just one final thought christoph if somebody's listening to this and maybe they run a small business if they're running an sme they're not a big corporate so they can't make themselves a game-changing decision in the space I guess you'd encourage people to nevertheless get involved. What does that look like in your view? Is it about finding out more about what Climax does? Is it about lobbying on a local level? Is it just about being engaged with the with the problem? If people are listening and say, "Wow, Christoph's really impressed me. I want to do something." What do you think they should what do you think they should do? Our wish is to inspire a billion people to to capture CO2 from the atmosphere. Why a billion people? Well, in the last 12 or 15 years, more than 2 billion people bought smartphones, right? So there's, there's a possibility to reach billion of people with creative, new, impactful ideas. And if we convince a billion people to remove uh, CO2 from the atmosphere, I'm very confident that we will leave the world in a better place uh, than we found it. And actually, every little step counts because every, say, every kilogram, which is a rather small quantity, but every kilogram of CO2 taken out of the air will not contribute to global warming in the years to come, right? So what I want to say with that, every little action counts. Like we will we will not solve this, this big issue of 50 billion tons of annual emissions by one silver bullet. It's like climbing a mountain, right? You're not, you're not sprinting. A huge mountain you, you're taking step by step and i i do believe in, in the power of small steps so what can those people do in in the case of climbworks go to our website climbworks.com you will find more than fourteen thousand people currently supporting what we're doing with we call it climbworks subscriptions where you can contract us to to remove co2 from the air in your name and this action counts and we already, with the 14,000 people uh, we're having standing behind the solution, and among them are very prominent people like Bill Gates or stars like Coldplay, we will be heard. Like this, this will be a community of, of climate action, right? And the more people we are able to bring together, the louder and the more credible our voice will become. So I'd, I'd like to motivate everyone to look into this option and start to get CO2 out of the air as of today. Christoph Gebaud, co-founder of Climeworks.
And that brings us to the end of this edition of the Bulletin with UBS, set in the agenda every week here on Monocle 24. You can find out more about the work of Christoph, Jan and their partners in this fantastic mission. Just visit climbworks.com now. There's also plenty more information at UBS.com about all the Global Visionaries in the UBS programme. Head there now and search Global Visionaries. In the meantime, listen again to this and every episode, including our archive of other brilliant visionaries at monocle.com or wherever you get your podcasts. The Bulletin with UBS on Monocle24.